Your consistence will help the resistance against the enemy. Stay consistent in your pursuit in the word. Now for Consistence Helps Resistance. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister, you need the word. Okay, so the title of my message today is Consistence Helps Resistance. I want y'all to just say that with me. Consistence helps resistance. One more time. Consistence helps resistance. Resistance. So we're going to be looking at James 4, verse 7, NLT version. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when it tells us to humble ourselves before God, and number one, it allows us to look at all the ways that we are not resisting the enemy. And then it actually shows us how we're not just not only resisting him, but we're being consistent with the things that he has told us to do the enemy. And it leads us to then resist the instructions of God. And so there's a quote from a man named Robert Colliner that says, success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. And so I want you to understand this about any relationship or anything that you are trying to get good at in life, whether it be your relationship with the world, whether it be your relationship with Christ, whether it be any relationship that we have within the body of Christ. All of that comes down to this key point. It's all based on small efforts day in and day out. Now, the enemy, let's get real clear on what the enemy will try to do. He will be very consistent with us. When he's trying to tempt us, he'll be very consistent so that we fall into that temptation. And that would be small things day in and day out. That one lady that, that be at your work or that one man that be at your work, just they just keep saying these slick comments to you that may want to get you to have one day of huge anger outbursts. That doesn't just happen instantly. Or you're in a marriage and, and maybe the small things that this person does, does eventually build up into something super harmful. And so God, this is how we see the devil wanting to do the same things with Jesus. He tried to do the exact same things that he's doing with us, but he did it in the beginning with Adam and Eve. I'm pretty sure it was over time that he went to Eve. It wasn't just a one-time thing, but eventually that last time she fell and she gave in. And so let's look at this story in Matthews 4, verse 1 through 11. We're going to look at the NIV version. Now, this is this kind of funny. Joseph just talked about it. This was when Jesus fasted for 40 days on no food, no water. Now, I want to see a raise of hands of how many of us can do even a day of that. All right. That's the look. I ain't raised my hand either. So I understand. <laughs> but y'all, it's something so compelling from this story. So let's go ahead and read it. It shows us, it says in chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. This is the devil quoting God's word. 
He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But listen to how Jesus answered. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. And so I want you all to realize something very, very key about this story. This is Jesus. After it has almost been 40 days or about the last day, he's been on no food, no water. He's just been desperate. He's been really, really desperate for something that feels like he needs of fleshly things. But Jesus didn't fall into that temptation. So the same thing will happen with us, though. We will get desperate. We will get impatient as we wait on the promises of God. But instead of waiting, we try to find something counterfeit, try to find something quick that is satisfied that fleshly desire. And God is like, I got something bigger for you. I got something that's actually real. So why are you settling for the counterfeit? Now, when the devil came to Jesus, we all off the bat see he tried to use the word of God. Not for the good of God, but for the devil's own will. And so we see how consistent the enemy was when he was coming to Jesus. He was very consistent in saying, do wrong, do wrong, do wrong. But when we see what Jesus, what he was consistent in, was the truth of the word of God. But I want you to see who won that battle. Who ended up winning? Was it the devil's consistency or was it the consistency of looking at God's word? And so that's something we have to remain consistent in. Jesus was consistent in his resistance against the enemy. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus was consistent in his resistance against the enemy. Don't allow the devil to try to justify what God said was wrong. Do not allow the devil to offer God's word and then twist it into something that has nothing to do with the goodness of God. So if you're ever, this is what we need to learn from Jesus. If you're ever in a situation where you're tempted, you need to look at the word of God. That is the only thing that can guarantee that you will make it out alive, that you will make it out successful. Over time, the small day by day, the process of doing that, that is how you will get out. Now, let's look at Matthew 7, verse 5 through 10. We're going to look at the KJV version. And let's go ahead and read. It says, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey. I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise to give to you. It's like, man, you coming to me at midnight? Uh Uh-uh, I'm asleep. Stop coming in here and bothering me. But it continues to read and it says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now, a lot of us may feel like, okay, well, I don't do the same things that the world does. I'm not consistent with the world. Like, I'm not even a friend of the world. I wouldn't even say, you know, I listen to the world or necessarily like it. But it is the overtime, small, day after day, persistency of the world that gets us off track with God, that gets us to move in the enemy's purpose. And so we have to be very, very cautious that that's how the enemy would try to get us to fall. That don't mean we got to fall, though. That does not mean that. Let's look at what it says in James 4, verse 8, NLT. 
Come close to God and God will come close to you. It's so simple. Come close to God and God will come close to you. So you got to be consistent and persistent with going to God. Just like Joseph was talking about being, do you want to be chosen? You have to go to God and say, God, what do you want for me to do? You have to be the one asking because then you really want what he has to say. Otherwise, we may hear it and we may not be in the mindset to hear it. So we ignore it. So we never go towards it. Now, let's look at one more scripture about being consistent and persistent with God and what happens when we come close to God. It tells us in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3 through 5, in the NIV version. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. That's big in itself. So when you come close to God, it says he's faithful, he's not going to leave you. When you come close to him, he's not going to run away from you like you do to him. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. So when the devil is coming, he is going to be the one that's shielding you and protecting you. And then it continues to read. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and to Christ's perseverance. So this is where that persistency, the perseverance, the consistency all comes in together. That the more we're that same way with God, the more he draws closer to us, the more he chooses us and calls us to go out and do more and more things. And it'll become easier and easier to resist the devil. Now, that doesn't mean that temptation is still not tempting, but it'll be easier and easier to feel like you're getting out of it, like you're making it through because now we got a protection against this fight from the enemy. And so let's look at Mark 3, verse 27. This is how we're going to look at how God protects us. It tells us, let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up, then plunder his house. So the Bible tells us that Satan is a very strong man. But listen, you, key word, it says, enter into the house of Satan. Now, we know that Jesus, he owns a kingdom. <laughs> he doesn't just own a house. And so, of course, if we look at the government, they have the power to do pretty much whatever. They have the army behind them. They have the protection. And so with Jesus, he has that same thing. So a little house, of course, Jesus can go in and do that. But if it was just us, <laughs> if it was just us on our own, we may not be strong enough. We would be too weak because guess what? We're fighting with earthly things, not spiritual things. And the enemy, that is a spiritual being. And so a lot of times we find ourselves defeated because we're not turning to the right source for protection. We're not turning to the right source for help. All we have to do is turn to the word of God. Now, let's read what it tells us as to why the word of God is your weapon. It tells us in Ephesians 6, verse 12, NIV, for we struggle not against flesh and blood. We're not struggling against that lady who keeps saying these little things, little small, smart remarks to you. We're not struggling against her or him. We're not struggling against that person who cuts you off on the road. We're not struggling against any of these people. But it continues to read, for we're not struggling against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we understand that it's outside of us. It's way outside of us. And so all these spiritual attacks that we may face, you can't use sage. You can't use crystals. You can't go to the universe to get it fixed. No, you're the only person you can go to is God because all of that is earthly. All of that will pass away one day. All of that has no power. But all we need to do is look to the father and see what his word says. And we look at all the ways God gives us protection. I know y'all know the full armor of God. 
You got the helmet of salvation. You got the shoes of peace. You got the body armor of God's righteousness. You got the shield of faith. You got the helmet of salvation. Now, we know all of those things are for protection. None of that is used to go out and actually jab or kill or anything like that or get rid of. But we look at Ephesians 6, verse 17. We see the only weapon that God has given us to fight against the temptations and all of the schemes of the enemy to spot them. It tells us the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It was saying this right here is the sword. This is the one thing that you use to tell the devil to get back to resist the devil. Because now you're not listening to the lies of the enemy. You're not listening to all these things that sound good, but are not good. You're not listening to it. But now you're able to fight it back with the truth of God. And so when you're tempted in any situation, whether it be you feel like you're strong enough to overcome it, whether it feels like you know what you're doing. Listen to what Psalms 105 verse 4 says. It says, search for the Lord and for his strength. Wherever you are, search for the Lord. When you want to be rude and you want to be nasty, you want to be mean, search for the Lord and continually seek him. And wherever you search for God, whenever you do that, you will see God. You will start to find God. And so ultimately, as we talked about the title, your consistence will help the resistance against the enemy. Stay consistent in your pursuit in the word. Stay consistent. That is how you'll see your relationship grow with God. It's not that you come to church this one Sunday. It's the everyday thing that you do, the small efforts of you showing kindness to someone, you showing love to someone, you being merciful to someone. It's those small things day by day that God sees. No one else may ever see what you do for God, but let that be the case. Let no one know. And you do it unto God. And then you will find victory. You will find protection. You'll find peace and all the promises of God. You don't have to go look anywhere else for it. God will give it to you. So there's one more time. Consistence helps resistance. Let's say it one more time all together. Consistence helps resistance. All right. Thank you all. So and thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister, you need the word. And so I really just want to see if anyone in here has just, I don't know, felt distant from God. You haven't resisted the enemy. You felt him come in and attack you in many different ways. And you're like, I don't even know how to get around this. I feel stuck. I feel trapped. God, I need you. God, I need you, but I don't know how to get to you. I don't know how to get to you. If that has just been you and you just really need God to come in and just deliver you from some things, need God to come in and free you from the hand of the enemy on your life. I mean, we have all fallen short of the glory of God, all been led into sin. But if there's someone in here who the enemy still has his hand on you and you want to be free, you want to be free from his hand, the shackles that he's put on you. I want you to be free today. I don't want you to be shackled. I want you to be chosen by God. I want you to look to God and say, God, I choose you today. So if any of that applies to you, I really just want to say a prayer of you and deliver you. And we'll ask Prophet Dexter and all the pastors here, of course, to come just together as a body and deliver you from those things that you're battling. You don't have to do it alone. So the, the altar is open for anyone who would like to be delivered and wants freedom. Or if you want to get more consistent with God, you feel like you haven't been resisting enough, you want to just get more consistent with him. The altar is open to make your promise today. And we'll give you a moment. We've got patience. Amen. Amen. 
God sees your heart. He sees that. And I tell y'all, when he sees you make a bold move like that already, he's like, oh, I may want to choose this one. I want to choose her. I want to choose him. Because I know that they have power now that they're choosing me. They're not doing it in vain. This is a bold movement. Let us all just stretch our hands to these bold and brave souls who want to seek God. This is a beautiful thing that we're seeing right now. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you, Father. Thank you, God, that you are still moving in the hearts of everyone in this earth, God, that you have not left us. You didn't just create us and then leave us. But, Father, you have kept your hand so strong on each and every one of us. And, Father, there have been so many souls that have been lied to, been deceived, have walked away from you, God. But, Father, I pray that today that you will make change come about in their hearts, that their desire for you, God, will grow, that their desire for the world will shrink, God, that you you will begin to make transformations, God, not just in them, but in those around them, God, as they see you making transformations in them. This day, God, we just thank you for their boldness, God, that they are here to see Christ. And God, I pray that you would just impart your love within them. I pray, God, that as the enemy may have his hand on them, Father, I pray that you would release them in the name of Jesus, God, from all chains, from all bondage, from anything that the devil has tried to come in and attach to them, Father. I thank you, God, for just them coming to be repentant in their heart, God, to want to change, to want to do things differently, God. Remove themselves from sin. Remove themselves, God, from who the devil is, God, but love you with all their heart, God, and be consistent consistent with your goodness. So Father, give them your promises, God, of your faithfulness, God, of your love, of your peace, of your kindness, of your gentleness, God, of all the things that you have given us, God. I pray that they'll have access to that. I pray, God, that you would just speak to them, God, that you would give them new revelations, God, that you would help them to, to see things differently in this world as they've made this promise today, God, and to wanting to seek you, Father. We thank you, God, for just them, God. Oh, I just thank you. Thank you, Father God, I know it says that, that all of heaven is rejoicing for that one sinner who chooses to repent over the other 99 who are doing well. We thank you, God, that your entire heaven is screaming and praising you, God, for these two lovely souls who want to come closer to you. So, Father, I pray that you will surround them, that, God, you will encompass in their heart that they will feel you so strong. And I pray, God, that there will be change in them. That, Father, you would just deliver them from any, any demonic holds on their life, God. I rebuke you, demons, in the name of Jesus, to come out of anybody in this room and to go back to hell for once you can because you have no power in this place. We serve a mighty God in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we are free. We are free by his mighty hand and his power. So you have no power in this place. We love you, God, and we thank you for just all that you are about to do in this world through all of these people in here who are about to go out and represent you. We love you and we thank you. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled Consistence Helps Resistance by Jamie Bronner. This message is number 6610. That's 6610. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6610 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.